Wait, the podcast is still going? Okay, guys. Hey, so welcome back. It has been a while, but uh, we actually have a lot to cover today. So we have been very firm in the development and design cycle for the game, prepping you know different game modes and just general updates and things like that, basically moving toward the end of the year and the start of 2020, which is going to be a very exciting time for the game. Before we get too much into this, I... <sighs> okay. Uh, talked about our sponsor once again we're still stuck in that contract with general mills but general mills pays the bills okay uh so yeah this week's uh podcast is going to be brought to you by sir grapefellow and baron von redberry brand cereals which i just sound awful in all ways and capacities but they are vitamin charged so they got that going for them on top of the artificial flavor anyway now with that out of the way let's actually talk about the important things so today I'm going to be speaking about the larger 1.5 update that is going to be uh, looming on the horizon coming out toward the end of the year or uh, Q1 early 2020. We haven't really decided on time frame there. It's really when it's ready and we feel is the best time to release it. So let's talk about what that actually is going to entail. We've been speaking about this over the last couple months and everything, but I, let's basically use this as your kind of consolidated source of information because being the internet and being the way it functions, there's a lot of just hearsay rumors and things like that out there. And I don't really like conjecture like that. And this is also a matter of tempering expectations as to what to expect here. Now, I will note that everything I'm talking about is subject to change as we continue to develop and design things. But also, more importantly, we will have official updates uh, via, you know, CMON, the Song of Ice and Fire site, um, and other mediums as well, kind of going over this stuff more in depth. So today I just wanted to talk sort of casually about this. And, you know, just kind of give a general uh, look at what this is going to entail, what we're doing here, and really what people can kind of baseline expect. Now, of course, I'm not going to go over any deep details here about what's going to come out because we're going to save those for more of an official formatting. For people that, you know, are unaware here, this is an unofficial podcast that I do here. This is not affiliated with... Um, Come on, games in any way, shape, or form. Not sponsored, not paid for, uh, except for those General Mills contract that I'm kind of stuck in. But uh, ignoring that, everything here is technically unofficial, even though, you know, uh, it is coming from me. But I just want that to be clear as well, okay? We have official mediums for things, and if you're looking for official, official, rock-solid, concrete information, you really need to go in there, because I'm just going to chat tactics and all that type of stuff. Well, an exception being today. But okay, so 1.5, for anyone who has no idea what I'm talking about. Basically, we are currently on version 1.4 of the erratas, FAQs, rule books, uh, and things like of that nature, and the game modes document. What that really means is that we have been kind of tweaking wording and things as the game has gone on uh, from the initial release. Everything up until this point has not been any really rules changes. A couple little things just for some quality of life changes. Um, but otherwise, it's mainly just been correcting wording, clearing up things of that were confusing to people in the rule book. The FAQs released, you know, well, answer the frequently asked questions. Which, fun fact, by the way, FAQ stands for frequently asked question, not every asked question. So, you know, uh, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I see people saying like, oh, this needs to be FAQ'd or rotted, and no, just because you have a question, man, it, it doesn't mean it needs to go into some official documents. Uh, 
that's me getting on tangent though. And you know, guys, I've never have a problem with anyone asking questions because wording and things can always be improved, especially English. But you've got to temper, you know, is this a widespread issue or is this, you know, a rare case here that maybe someone is not reading this correct. But the point is for the last uh you know, updates that we've done. It has been a overarching goal to clear up wording that expresses a widespread issue that a number of people were misreading or misinterpreting, you know, to basically just tighten up the rules. You know, every game goes through that. And while I don't want to say that the rule book is a living document because I don't want to go that far, you know, we will make improvements to it over time based on, you know, feedback and things until we get to a point where, you know, uh, we don't feel that that's needed anymore. That's a lofty goal because technically that's not achievable. But if we can get to a point where, you know, 98% of any type of problem you could have is covered just by reading the rules, that's good. And I feel like we're actually in a good spot. It's just that, you know, regardless of how you might want to, you know, uh, read an intent or something, someone will always find a way to read something in a way that you never, you know, thought that they would. But you can see where they're coming from. And that's the type of situations that we look to clarify. That's what we've done up until 1.4. Now with 1.5, we're actually going to be introducing a couple of core rule mechanic changes. What these changes are, I don't want to get into now because we're going to cover them all in depth. And frankly, they each deserve their own individual chat. Uh, it's not really that much um, stuff. You know, this is not like a 2.0 version of the game or anything like that. And that's another misconception that I really want to quash immediately is that some people are viewing this as like, oh, this is the second edition of the game. This is absolutely not the second edition of the game. Okay. And there are no plans to do a second edition of the game. The game has been out for 18 months at this point. This is actually why we're in the time frame right now of feeling this is in a good spot to release this kind of mini big overhaul here because we have enough data and whatnot from collecting from release till now to actually make some of these decisions and feel comfortable about them. And that's a topic we're going to get into a bit later when I'm chatting, but just to you know, set that groundwork up. So there are going to be some core rule um, mechanic changes, but nothing really super widespread. This is just more part of the refinement process. A lot of the things you're going to see in relation to the rule book are really just going to be some tightened up wording, some tightened explanations and things like that. But it's not going to be like an entirely new document. It's going to be just like slightly a bigger set of uh, patch notes compared to what you've seen in, you know, when we move from 1.0 to 1.1 to 1.2 to 1.3 and 4. You know, you saw some changes to like, okay, the charging wording or the pivoting wording or things like that. That's really going to be what some of this is. We're just going back and doing another round of tightening up wording that we feel could be a little bit better to take out some of the ambiguity and questions that sometimes people will have. There are a couple of mechanical changes that are happening. But again, I'm going to get into those specifically later in a more official medium and explain those out. But even those, I really don't consider these super big changes. We have tested and developed this stuff for months and months and months. Um, and this is also something I will address later. And frankly, all these changes were just kind of innate. They were intuitive. When you ran them through our playtest groups and everything, they were just like, oh, these really make sense. And within even a couple of weeks of some of these changes being implemented, it just it felt like this was the natural way to continue playing. Because, again, we're not radically overhauling anything. We're just refining things. And of course, then we spent a 
ton of time just data crunching and numbering things out to make sure that these are all the best choices and everything. But, you know, all these things that we're doing, we feel are moving the game into a better direction. So I don't want to focus too much today on the overall about the big sweeping, sweeping in giant air quotes, changes. Let's talk about some of the more specific things that people can expect coming out toward the end of the year. Uh, and let's go ahead and talk about, I think the thing that would be most interesting for people is going to be unit updates. So we did this with a couple of select attachments in May, uh, actually released at the uh, the Come On Expo. We were talking uh, a select number of attachments that were not seeing play and not being utilized enough. We modified them to basically bring them up to a more competitive level. That's a thing about looking at the design philosophy of the game, is that we do design things from a competitive standpoint, but that's really just making sure everything is kind of balanced, okay? We don't want something to... We want you to be able to take the units that you want and enjoy taking them. And what that usually means is giving things a power boost that are underperforming. And that's always the route we want to take when we're looking at reevaluating units, uh, regardless of how we're going to you know, reevaluate them, is that we want them to be a powerful choice. I'm very proud to say, actually, that there are very few units in the game that I would consider just overpowered. And I don't even want to use that term because... I don't feel anything is really that level in my personal definition um, of overpowered. It's just this is really efficient for its points. That's what I will say. And when you start looking at competitive play, you start looking at efficiency, and that's really where that's really where things you know start to hit ahead. There is is this going to be a more efficient choice than other options at the same or comparative points level? When you start seeing something that is like the default, well, yeah, this is just the better option in all cases, that's when you start to have problems. Luckily, again, I will say that there are very few units in the game that I would consider of that level, and even the ones that I consider efficient for their points, you know, it is, um, it's a balancing act. And the general idea is we'd rather boost un underperformers than we really would to, like, kind of nerf anything. Um... And that's mainly what this update is about. It's about taking the things that are a little underutilized or a little underperforming and making them a viable option. Now, I want to speak on this as a matter of temperance to what people can expect. Because we are specifically looking at units that we feel need attention. So if something is an okay or middle-of-the-road choice for its points value, that unit's probably not going to get an update. In fact, we tried to minimize the amount of things that we are actually messing with because there is still a lot of variables that the general player base, you know, is just not privy to because we know what units are coming out. We know what attachments are coming out. We know what new commanders are coming out. We know how things synergize together. And there's always that overarching thing of, okay, we know when this comes out, it's going to favor, you know, X or Y. And so, that's going to kind of be like the um, the missing piece of a puzzle or something. Now, granted, if something just seems like, well, why would I ever take this in any army? Yeah, okay, those are the things we're kind of looking at. Also, again, proud to say, there are not too terribly many units spread across that we really feel are in that area. You know, we've been looking at attachments, units, NCUs, things like that. You know, we've given the whole spectrum a look at, and specifically, you know, data collected over the last 18 months. Now, saying that... The 1.5 update will primarily focus on starts, Lannisters, and neutrals. 
namely because they've been out since release. We have a sufficient amount of data to really back up our choices and our decisions that, you know, kind of say, okay, this is hard facts, hard data that we can look at that these guys are not performing too well. These guys are overperforming, you know, in very rare cases. And that's going to be our primary focus. We really do have a lot of that data for the Free Folk and the Night's Watch as well, but they are still relatively new factions. And like they've just both received a hero box and they were just both released a few a little bit ago. And frankly, people are still figuring those factions out. And, you know, there's a lot of cries from people about, you know, this and that and, you know, what they want to see happen and everything. But, you know, basically we are going to hold off on the initial evaluations for Night's Watch and Free Folk uh, until we there's actually more data of them out in the, uh, the, in the wild. Okay. We already, you know, kind of uh, isolated and we're keeping an eye on some things. But again speculation we have our internal data and then we need to see external data as well a fun fact of that is you know some of the things that i thought were going to be personally problematic for, uh in the player base when the game first came out uh not in the slightest and then you've got some random out of left field things that you never even thought were going to you know upset or you know be a problem and surprise those are the things that end up you know uh <laughs> kind of falling into that category. But, you know, that's the nature of these things. Um, you know, people will always uh, surprise you as far as your expectations go. So I feel like I'm rambling a bit there. Let's get back on focus here. So unit updates. As I said before, we're looking to focus this on Starks, Lannisters, and Neutrals. That's not necessarily everything that's going to be encompassed, but because they're the first three factions, they're the ones that are really going to be looked at. Now, the thing with looking at the unit updates is that we are going to primarily be looking at units that are kind of underutilized by the general player base, uh, specifically ones that are, I'm not going to say bad, because you should never say that, but could use a little boost. Again, the primary goal for all this is to make it so if you think something is cool, then you should be able to run it and not feel bad about running it or feel like, well, you know, I'm taking this because they're fun or because I really like them, not because they are, you know, a really viable choice. And again, tempering expectations. You know, there's very few units, very few actual like attachments and NCUs and anything that are going to really go through this update thing. So don't think that, you know, like everything in the faction is going to get a points adjustment or a new ability or something like that. No, we're touching only on the things that we really feel need it. Um, and there are basically two ways that we are going about doing this. Uh, one is minor points adjustment. This is if we feel that something like, okay, we're going to you know lower this by a point or something, and that's going to really just make it a more attractive choice. That's an option we'll look at. The thing is, is that that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world because units are balanced around not just their capabilities, but also their points total and their role in the faction. So, you know, moving a seven point unit down to being six points, that does change, you know, its overall uh, role in the faction from a points perspective. And factions are built around, you know, point values as well. So that's not necessarily the easiest. It's, it's not a cut and dry choice there of like, oh, well, you know, this thing here is, you know, is okay or, you know, lower tier at seven points, but it would be amazing at six points. 
that's not necessarily just the quick fix there. Sometimes it is that simple, you know, uh, something will just receive a points adjustment. Um, and that is the case with a couple units and a couple of attachments here and there. And sometimes though, a unit will just get a ability rework or an attachment in that case. So basically anytime I'm saying unit or anything, just assume that's going to apply out to anything we look at, whether it be an attachment in CU or a, or a combat unit. And that is mainly to help further establish its faction role. So for example, if something is an expensive unit, well, we don't want to retool it and just make it cheaper because we want it to be this cool expensive unit because, you know, sometimes people like running those things. So, you know, we're not necessarily changing their point cost. We're going to look at their role in the army and what they do at their points level and what their role is in the overall faction. So this is basically like, say, this is a eight point unit. This is a nine point unit. This is a 10 point unit. This is a 14 point unit. You know, it needs to behave like a unit of its point cost. And if it's underperforming in that role, then we need to see how we can boost it without it, you know, uh, becoming just the best choice for that option. But those are kind of the, the three primary things that's factored into when we're evaluating a unit for potential update is, okay, the points total, the abilities that it has, which intertwine all, both of those with its faction role and what this unit is meant to bring to the table. And that's, a, that's something that's very important as well. Is this meant to be a defensive unit? Is this meant to be an aggressive unit? Is this meant to be a tactical or versatile unit? If it doesn't have a clear role on the battlefield, then usually we need to redefine its abilities or you know something of that nature to give it a clear role or just boost it in the areas that it is supposed to be good at. And that's again, if we don't take just the points change uh, route. Sometimes like this is, this is doing exactly what we want. It's just that it's doing it like a six point tier instead of a seven point tier. Okay, well in that situation, we don't really have anything we wanna mess with, then it might get a drop in points. That's something else to note here as well is that, and I've, I'm cycling back on this, is that this update is all about buffing underplayed stuff. It is not about nerfing you know, uh, strong stuff because frankly, there's very few things in the game that really need that. There are a couple adjustments that I feel are going to happen that people are going to look at as nerfs, and I can see where they're coming from, but on the other hand, uh, that's a strong word to use because it's not like we're going to take anything and just make it straight worse. Anything that, anything that might be perceived as being made worse it's usually because it is being refined into a specific role because it was too versatile or it was just overperforming in tasks that it was not meant to overperform at. That felt like a very politician style response, but that's really the best thing I can say at this time. Something to note is that when we do release these updates, uh, there's actually going to be a design development uh, section for each of these changes and updates to explain exactly why we did them. So, you know, it's not like we're just going to release a big list of changes and that's just the information you guys are going to get. What we're doing is specifically like we will list the update, we will list the changes, uh, and then we will give a small commentary as to why these changes were made. Now, of course, you can agree with them, you can disagree with them, but those are the changes that are being made for the overall you know, greater good of the game for the greater good.
So that's really what you can expect in regards to unit updates, uh, whether it be you know combat units, NCUs, attachments, whatever. Is everything I just mentioned with a specific focus on Starks, Lannisters, and Neutrals. There might be a couple Free Folk and um, Night's Watch things that uh, get touched on in this update, but we'll see. Okay, so again, those guys are still fairly fresh in the meta. There's still a lot to develop with them. Um, and we're really kind of... I would like to see more data personally on those before we make any quote-unquote sweeping changes. There are a couple problem aspects in some areas there that we will look at, but it's just kind of one of those overall things. You know, we've got the data to support one thing, and we have data enough data to really support anything we do in that case for these other factions, but more is always better. Which leads us into the next part of this, which is actually kind of a dual front. Let's talk about the game modes and the tournament document and updates that are happening there, because you guys have actually seen a fair bit of that. This is something as well when it comes to the unit updates, because all of this update is tied together and it's cyclical. You know, it all just loops back in on itself. Like, you know, the great works of George Lucas and Star Wars, as he explained it, it's poetry and it goes in cycles. Um, okay, maybe comparing this to Star Wars and uh, all of that is not the best idea. Okay, anyway. Game modes in the tournament document. The tournament document is receiving a couple of updates just to change some very minor wonky things. Again, nothing sweeping. Uh, we're changing uh, how some of the secondary points are factored into the tournament overall score. That's kind of just book in bookkeeping stuff. It's frankly, it's a little boring, so I'm not going to go over that. Just noting that that's something that's going to happen. And then just changing a couple of things that are... Uh, I'm not going to say superfluous rules, but things that are just like, oh, yeah, these can kind of be cut and they don't really matter. The biggest one, I believe, is the whole um, your lists are hidden from your opponent. Um, one change that will happen there is that basically before you start setting up and everything, you actually will present both lists to the opponent to see beforehand. Uh, that's just that's the biggest change, honestly, I can think of as far as like the uh, setup and procedure of the tournament document. And that's really because keeping that information hidden didn't really benefit anyone too much. And just kind of created this little extra abstract rule that was not really enforceable and wasn't really contributing things. So really, that's just an effort of like trimming the fat, which is you're going to see a lot of this is. Game modes. Okay, you guys have seen quite a bit in relation to game modes and you know how they are changing, how they're being updated. And that is a perpetual process there that is also heavily tied into you know, core rules updates and lesser tied into unit updates. Unit updates are kind of their own thing, but the unit updates are more influenced by what we know about the game modes and the core rule changes than vice versa. So sometimes a unit, for example, would be updated based on, well, we know that this mechanic is going to receive a minor tweak or that these game modes exist. So that's something to factor in when we're looking at units. Um, with the game modes, you guys have seen a lot of that. And there are still some minor changes that have happened from the documents that we showed you guys. Uh, because those things are in perpetual testing cycles. Because we want them to, you know, be tight. And we want them to be concise. And we want them to be the best that they can all possibly be. 
to the fact that actually some of the documents that I released as like the beta ones, at the time of their posting, they were actually outdated by that point. Now, I know that might seem weird releasing like, you know, beta things that are already outdated, but there's specific reasons behind doing things like that, uh, which I really won't get into because it's another long kind of technical, boring you know, explanation, but everything is done on the basis of gathering data and showing you guys some, you know, just cool behind the curtains thing. But, you know, since then, continuing and everything, we still data crunch those out, and we're really happy with how those things are shaping up. And I think you guys are going to be excited to see those, because the whole thing is give you guys a huge variety of play options for when you're playing the game, so that you can break away from just playing <laughs> Game of Thrones over and over again, which still kind of impresses me that you have some playgroups that I've seen that they only play Game of Thrones. And it's like, man, we, we made you guys, you know, eight, nine, ten different game modes here, but you guys are only playing the same one over and over. But hey, you guys are having fun. That's really what that matters for. So I really don't have a lot to talk about in the game modes because, you know, you've seen chatter online. People have discussed those back and forth nonstop and... You know, the thing I will note about them, which is I think the most uh, important thing I can say, is that when you look at those, or when we look at them, you know, we have to look at the big picture. Like, we have to look at, okay, we know that these are the other 1.5 changes that are coming out. So, you know, you have people that are, they'll go like, oh my god, the sky is falling, and all these things are terrible, and everything I loved sucks now. Like, well, you know... I get it. It can be a little frustrating since you don't see the whole picture. But one mindset that I do want to kind of push into people and look at, because I did see this crop up a bit. And of course, this is going to be my own personal opinion. So you can disagree or agree with it if you want um, and just say I'm completely wrong. But some of the pushback that I saw of people, more of the, the fervent people, and frankly, I, I love it that people are this like fervent and enthusiastic about stuff because I really don't like kind of just middle of the road people. Okay. Like if you're just constantly passive about things, if you have opinions, vocalize those opinions, just do it in a constructive way. But I always like to chat and talk to people that have different opinions than myself because you know, that's the way you're going to both of you hopefully overall grow. Um, but of course there are those people that just want to fight and that's not, you know, productive or progressive for anyone. But the one thing that I will say is a good takeaway that I did see is that if one specific change to any really anything, like say it's a unit or the way something works, you know, any single aspect, if changing that absolutely destroys and I mean just destroys or annihilates something that you were doing where it goes from this is absolutely the greatest thing in the world to absolutely terrible this is the worst decision ever what the hell are you guys doing this is this is wrong this is going to destroy the game you should probably evaluate that nothing should be that powerful on its own that's really the mentality there if tweaking or minorly changing something is going to completely eradicate your experience, that thing was probably needed to be looked at. You know, agree or disagree with that if you want. But that's what 
I'm bringing to the table on that, and that's my view on that. Okay, so we talked about game modes. We talked about the tournament documents. We've talked about unit updates, core rules. Let's uh, take a look at that. This is something that I feel is interesting, is that the core rules changes that we were looking at, uh, as I kind of said earlier, this is not something that is a recent development. This has been months and months and months in development and design. And saying that the game has only been out 18 months, these are things that we've been looking at for maybe the better part of a year. Because the second the game came out, we immediately started gathering data. You know, you see how things are doing. You see how the players are reacting to things. You see what's being played. Every time a new unit comes out, you know, you see what is this doing to the meta? What is this doing to the existing army? How are players receiving this versus the playtest data that we had versus our own personal experiences here? And is the public perception and the zeitgeist correct? You know, or is it just that opinions were made, but this is actually statistically not underperforming? You know, I remember when the game first came out and people said that Lannisters were absolutely unstoppable versus Starks and that it was insanely lopsided and that Starks could never win. Meanwhile, Starks kept winning, but, and that was just creating that, and this was again the initial like infancy of the game where, well, Lannisters are the reactive and forgiving factions, Starks are the ones that you had to kind of learn. Uh, that sounds really insulting to Lannister players, but let's talk reality from the early stages of the game's release. But meanwhile, for all this howling that, you know, Starks were, you know, not performing well, they were the ones that kept winning when people actually knew what they were doing. So, you know, you have to look at that data as well, because just because the general population and public is going, oh, this needs looking at, it doesn't really mean that's the case. And you know, that's the burden for the design and development, the playtest team to, you know, bear, is that people are always going to have their opinions. People are always going to potentially disagree with what you're doing. And, you know, you just have to do what's best for the game overall, you know, the game's overall health. You know, if everyone is saying that Faction X is underpowered or Faction Y is overpowered, but meanwhile, your data is showing otherwise, well... That's a very you know thin tightrope to walk because, okay, if you buff faction Y, that's already winning every tournament. Then what's that going to do? It's going to make them win every tournament even more. So you know it's a tightrope walk. You have to balance the data that you have, your own intuition, and just public perception is important. Okay, it's I'm not going to deny that, but you have to walk that thin line between, you know we are the ones that are doing this this is our jobs to make sure that everything is balanced and in a good place and what people will say out of emotion and gut you know that it should be that's maybe a little tangent there and that was a little actually that was a big tangent let's circle back to the point so a lot of units um recent more recent units uh than older ones let's say the last eight to six months, something around in that time frame there, and ones coming out, they were designed and built kind of with the expectation that we know that these changes were going to eventually come into place or some variation of them. So one of the neat things I think this 1.5 update is going to do is 
it's going to cast certain things in a new light. Um, choices that might have been, you know, the obvious choices to some people before, or maybe some like lukewarm choices previously. When these changes come into play, it's really going to shake people up uh, with the idea of, okay, well, let's go back and look at every existing unit that we have, because sometimes these minor rules changes might have opened up new avenues and new uh, just kind of roles for existing stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of like the little snowball effect. It's going to be, it's not going to be like relearning the game over again, but it's going to be able to taking a new tactical approach at existing stuff that's out there. And you've already kind of seen a little bit of that with the introduction of some of the changes in the game mode document. You know, you've already seen some tactics shakeups where people are like, okay, well, this worked really well before, but now it's not necessarily just the go-to easy choice. And the unit selection is going to be impacted by this. You know, like, okay, well, you know, before I would always just run this, but now with these changes here, I have different options. And that's really the overarching point of all these updates, all these adjustments, and everything that we're doing is to just open up more options for people. The single worst thing and my biggest pet peeve in the world is when there is an obvious choice. And that's what we're doing our best to just remove, okay? We want it to be that you can play anything you want. And it's going to be cool. And you'll see a variety of things on the tabletop. Like, you know, oh, man, he's playing this. And it doesn't enter into your head that, oh, you know, well, this is going to be an easy steamrolled game for me because I've optimized my choices and he hasn't because he's just playing for fun or something like that. We really want to remove that mentality. Well, sorry, not that mentality, but that kind of thing where it's like, okay, well, obviously he could have taken choice Y, which is better than choice Z. Um we really just want that to be gone. We want it to be like, oh, he's playing this, so therefore I've got to modify the way I'm playing against him. Or, you know, he's playing unit, you know, beta kappa, and that's going to change, you know, my overall battle strategy. But it should never be just like, oh, he's taking that because it's thematic, you know, and that's the only reason why. He could have just taken this much more efficient unit. You know, that's really what we're trying to avoid. So that has been kind of my overview of 1.5. General things that we are looking at, expectations, things that you will see coming. And again, all of this will be explored in a much more official format and much more in-depth for each individual of these changes and updates moving forward over the next few months. Uh, again, 1.5 is going to be looking to launch at near the end of the year or the start of next year. More than likely the start of next year because new year, new beginnings. Um, that just seems like the best time to do it because we also have the Baratheons and the Targaryens coming out at the end of the year. And frankly, that's going to be the big cool excitement. And we don't really want to overshadow anything, regardless, you know, if it's the new releases or if it's the new rule set or anything like that by clumping that all together. It's just you're going to have a constant stream of like just awesome stuff coming out, just bombarding you until you just can't handle it anymore. And your entire life just cycles into playing A Song of Ice and Fire nonstop. That's the end goal, of course. But all right, guys, that's going to be it for today. I'm going to post this in a couple places, so feel free anywhere I posted. If you guys want to, you know, ask some impromptu questions or anything of that nature, feel free. I'm not going to promise I'll answer all of them, but if it's an interesting question, we might look into it to a deep dive to answer it there or in a future podcast. So all right, until then, guys, take care, have fun, good gaming.